welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 149 for Saturday the 20th of April, 2019. Coming up this week, Military Science Fiction Book 3 has been dispatched, now it's just a waiting game, why I may have to move my writing dates around this month, and I get to record a podcast interview with a new self-publishing superstar. Welcome to this week's show. I'm recording this on a Thursday because it's a bank holiday weekend in the UK, and what I decided to do was get all the jobs out of the way that I have to do on the Thursday. So if I want to, I can have a free weekend. My wife's not working. I thought it'd just be nice to get up late, DOS, go for uh, breakfast at Weatherspoons, the usual kind of bank holiday affair and arrangement. So let me bring you up to date with this week's news. I don't have a pile of it this week because, frankly, I haven't done an awful lot in terms of writing. But let me tell you where we're up to this week. So Military Science Fiction 3, when I spoke to you last week, I was just going through the final edits and checks. I sent that over to John and James on Sunday. So they now have my uh, three books now, the three military sci-fi books. And I dropped them a line via Slack, which is what we used to communicate over the weekend. And um, John, no, James said that uh, he's working through them, just checking that the voice of the character that I've taken from their world, I've basically taken a character from their world, who's one of the popular characters, brought him into my book. I sort of use him, uh, dispatch him at the end of book three, and then my characters and my world uh, are capable of standing on their own two feet after that. So I've used their series, if you want, as a conduit, brought a guest star over, dispatched him at the end of the book, and then if... The, if we get sales, if people like it, I will just continue to write in that universe. If it dies, then we'll just leave it as it is. It's standalone. It, it comes to a proper conclusion. So I think roughly then what's going to happen is, is John and James will go through it, make sure they're happy with the voice, the continuity of the universe and things like that. The books will then go to their editor. So it's not going to Helen, who usually does my edits. It's going to their editor, who's done all of their series. And then it will come back to us. Presumably, if we've got any rewriting to do, we'll then do that. And I think we're aiming to release the first book before or around 20 books so that we've just got, we've got, just got some interest at that time. And of course, we'll all be meeting at 20 books. So that'll be the first time I've met John, obviously, before I haven't met James. So that'll be the first time we all get together and have a chat. So that should be quite a nice time and, and very good timing for that. Um, so that's, from my point of view, that's done now until the books start coming back. So it's about what I'm going to write next. And I said to you last week, I'm minded now to write uh, three thrillers next in a series like Don't Tell Meg, 90,000 word books. And I was talking to you last week that I, I, I was looking at my diary and I can start writing next Thursday. Um, and I can have, if I start writing next Thursday, I can have two 90 books done, 90,000 word books done by summer, by the summer holidays. And then I do the last 90K in the series before Christmas. And that that series would then be ready to go on the tail end of my rapid re-release of my thrillers. That's the rough idea. Now, um, what have I been doing this week? I, I did some corporate training today. I've just actually done a corporate training. And you'll know that I haven't done corporate training for quite some time, actually. It felt like ages that I haven't done corporate trainings. But I did agree to take on a session, mainly because I'm not writing at the moment. Um, so I, I could spare a day. And the other thing is, is 
um, th this sounds like a real first world problem, but as I as I get older, I get quite tired doing a full day's training. Um, I, I'm sort of quite energetic when I do training, and uh, at the end of a day, my voice is shot and everything. So um, we did a little deal for me to do shorter training. So the training day, usually they're 10 till 4, but today's training day was 9.30 to 1.30. And we, did, we didn't have dinner. We, and the other thing about that is it's more profitable. So, uh, so what I'm trying to do is squeeze the same amount of money out of shorter sessions, and then they're quite cost-effective in terms of time. So we, we did a 9.30 to 1.30 today. That means we don't have to take lunch off the, the income that we make. We just have to pay for the room, which we get at a good rate. Um, and we were charging the corporate rates for it. So it should be a, a good little earner, that one. Um, but it's, it's, it's quite funny, really, because when I, when I compare it to how many books I have to sell, these, these corporate training days, they are quite useful. But I, I don't want to be doing a load of them. Uh, but I, as I've said to you before, obviously, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. So when I am asked to, I think they, they get lots of requests for training. I was doing um, some Facebook ads training today i get lots of requests for this. it's quite ironic that i was doing facebook ads training and i'm banned at the moment but of course i do now have this second account that i've um, set up so i can at least demonstrate it at the moment and um so it was a four-hour facebook ads training uh, what i decided to do is i went along to the college canteen for a, a nice bit of lunch just meandered back and then i've had time to edit and record this podcast episode and edit another podcast episode today. So it's actually still been a very productive day for me. Now I've got one more corporate trained at the moment. Uh, when is that? That's going to be the 30th of May. And I'm, I'm kind of timing these so that they're around bank holidays. So I'm not, I, they're not, they're not in a busy week. So I've got time around them. They don't squeeze my time too much. So I've got another one coming up in, well, another six weeks time. Um, so again, I, I am trying to accommodate it where I'm being asked to deliver them but obviously as you know I'm, I'm keen not to do too many of them at the moment if I can avoid it but uh, yeah it was quite interesting to do another one today um, I don't want to do a load of them though so yeah I'm supposed to start writing this next book on Thursday but I'm not sure that I'm going to be ready to go by that date I, I I've got lots of ideas but I haven't actually had time yet because I was planning for that training session so this this week I finished um at the weekend last weekend I went through so many lies and I made all the changes that my beta readers had gave me. I went through, I'd finished military science fiction three and I was doing my last checks on that and then I sent it to John and James. So the weekend was largely editing. And then my three weekend evenings this week, two of them I was putting the slides together for that Facebook training. And then on the Tuesday, I was recording a podcast interview, which I'll talk to you about later. So I haven't actually had any time this week to sit down and, and think and work to the plan. So whilst I've got lots of ideas jotted down, I need to work this into something, obviously, that I'm confident to start writing on Thursday. Uh, so I had notionally put this bank holiday weekend, so the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday, the Monday, that the one thing I'm going to do in between going for breakfast at Weatherspoons, getting up late and generally being lazy, is to try and fit that plan get that plan written down so i'm confident to start writing a book on thursday at the moment i don't feel too confident about that and that's probably frankly because i've been focused on doing a, a training this week i've had other things on my mind my head's not in that zone I, what i'm hoping then is that when i start to sit down and, and actually try and put one of the put those ideas together and structure a story and make sure i got enough fuel for the story 
if that doesn't come together, I might have to postpone this book. So the worst case scenario with this, I mean, I've already written three this year. And remember, I'm going to be releasing four. I've got so many lies, which is coming out. And I got these three military sci-fis. It's not like I haven't got enough books coming out this year. So these are self-imposed targets for me. So worst case scenario is that I just say whatever and, and write one thriller, one book between now and the summer holidays. Take a break over summer. I'm not writing over summer because the family are home and uh, you know I want to go out and, and have fun over summer when the kids are home. Um, I'll pick up again after summer and I can write one before Christmas and then I can write another one before the end of March. And my target, if you remember, is to have 20 fiction books written by my 55th birthday in March 2020. So I'm going to have those 20 books written. If I get two written before the summer holidays, I'm going to have them written by the summer holidays. Um, and even if I slack it and I do one 90,000 word book before summer and one before Christmas, I'm still going to have my 20 books written in plenty of time before March 2020. Even in my Slack option, I'm going to have 20, 21 books written by then. So I, I think because I've got the four books still to come out this year, um, I, I, I won't push myself. If I am ready for Thursday, I'll start writing on Thursday. I'd quite like to hit that deadline. But if I if I can't find the story and tie it down in time, I've also got planning evenings on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week before I have to start writing. So I've got quite a lot of time where I can just sit down and, and pull this into a plan. Then, you know, it's going to have to wait and I, I might miss a week. Um, so all I want to do is just flag up that I just might not be ready. I really, I just haven't had the headspace for it yet. I've been, I, I guess, with finishing editing Military Science Fiction 3, I guess with um, doing the beta edits on So Many Lies, uh, my head's just not been in that space. It has been in a very general way, just thinking over story ideas, but I haven't really sat down and focused on it yet. So I think I'm going to need more time is what I'm saying to you. So I'll let you know next Friday whether the writing got done or not. We'll we'll all soon find out, but I'll let you know. You'll, you'll know next Friday whether I managed to make a start on it or not. If I can't make a start on it, uh, well, I'll just reschedule and I'll let you know next Friday. So I've got quite a few bits of, of straggly writer news for you, just general news. I, I alluded a moment or two ago to so many lies. And I just got to tell you, I worked through the, the feedback, the detailed feedback that I got from my beta readers. And I knew it was good because obviously I'd read the feedback. But I went through it with a fine tooth comb on, I think it was Saturday. And, and it was just brilliant feedback. And one of the ladies had had done me a long list of all the spelling mistakes that she'd spotted and the locations of them. And I, I got back to three of the beta readers and I'd already written them an email to thank them. But I, I sent them effusive thanks because their feedback was just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So um, I resent the book to Helen Fasala, who hadn't started editing it yet. She's due to it. I'm not quite sure. It's any, any time now. She's due to start editing it and it'll be back to me by the end of May. So I, I sent the manuscript to her again, this, this new version of it. And I just thought, well, that, that was like gold dust, that beta reading experience. They just read it so well. It was excellent. So, um, that's been a really good experience for me doing that little beta read. And the ladies, it, uh, it, I got two gents who did it, but it was mainly ladies who, who responded to it. They've given me some nice feedback. Now, some of the feedback, um, I'm taking as, um, it's a it's opinion feedback, but there's always that black and white feedback. The spelling's wrong. You've got a name wrong. Uh, you missed something here. There were several things, and I have changed them because I can change them easily. Um, some of the American readers were saying, "Oh, um, I used uh, MOT, which in the UK is the an annual obligatory." 
car safety test that you have to have and you get issued what's called an MOT. I've forgotten what MOT stands for now. Oh, it's Ministry of Transport, I think. Something like that, whatever. They call it an MOT anyway. That's what we call it in the UK. And you have to have an MOT on your car. And I, I used the word MOT. And of course, my American readers didn't know what it was. So I just changed the words to something like uh, annual car service or something like that. I don't want to confuse American readers. And I know I have a lot of American readers. So it was very handy for them to itemize those confusing phrases as well. So all in all, that, that beta reading experience has been fantastic. First time I've done it really like that. And it was like gold dust, the feedback that I got. And I just can't really stress how closely they read the book. It was like, if you got that from a paid structural editor, you'd be very, very happy with that feedback. So I will be doing that again. I was delighted on Tuesday evening to record my interview with Kirsten Oliphant. Now, I've been talking to Kir- about Kirsten's podcast a lot. Uh, Just to refresh your memory, I started listening to her creative writing podcast because mainly it was about geeky stuff. She talked a lot about blogging. She would talk about Facebook advertising and social media advertising and an awful lot about email marketing techniques. So it was right in my ballpark. So I, I would listen to her for that and thoroughly enjoyed the podcast. She took a break over summer and then she came back in September. And almost out of nowhere, she'd been writing and releasing books and she'd had just tremendous, she was having tremendous success um, as an indie author. Now, she'd written books before, um, mainly non-fiction books. And this was her first fiction in Sweet Romance. And it's just doing really well for her. And why I was so keen to interview her was because she's not a super mega duper selling author, not, not a Mark Dawson, if you want. She's a, she's a normal author who's doing extremely well, but not so well that it's zillions and millions of pounds. She's currently experiencing four and five figure a month success. But when I talk about five figure a month, we're talking about just over $10,000. And when we're talking about, about four figures, we're talking about sort of $4,000, $5,000 a month. So these are all numbers that are attainable by, by, by most of us. They're certainly a, a reasonable target to reach. And as you'll know, one of my frustrations is I'm 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 doing well, but only doing well because I've got book bubs. If you take the book bubs out of what I'm doing at the moment, then I'll I'll be useless. I won't be doing very well at all. So I'm only as lucky as the next book bub that I've got. And why I was interested in what Kirsten's doing, Kirsten's doing, is that she's she's managing to do this with smaller, cheaper book promotions. Yet she's using good email marketing techniques and marketing techniques, but she hasn't had a book bub yet. Yet she's creating this income level. So I think that her experiences are extremely accessible by all of us. And I, I, for one, wanted to pick her brains. It's one of the joys of being a podcast host is that you often get to talk to the people that you want to talk to. So um, I, I was speaking to Kirsten, I think, for slightly over an hour. That interview's now been recorded and edited. It, it's, it's great. I've just listened to it again this afternoon. So much information in there. And that interview is going to be the first of the five monthly interviews that I'm running in between now and September. So I know that because of the way summer works and because my writing schedule is working at the moment, now I've got this intensive uh, three book series out of the way. I know that I can keep the monthly interviews up. So I'm committing to it until the last one will be in September. And they'll run on the first Monday of every month, which means that Kirsten's interview will be the first and that will run on Monday, the 6th of May. So that's all teed up and ready to go. So I've had a lot of author exchanges this week, and uh, they've been quite interesting, actually. So the first one 
was from a reader. I, I won't give his name because he doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, do you recall that I, I'm able to submit the secret bunker to BookBub again this week? And because the secret bumper, bump, bump, bumper, <laughs> the secret bumper, the secret bunker has now been sent to BookBub is it 13 or 14 times. I think this is the 14th time, if I remember rightly. Um, and it's been rejected a lot. I just want to try something different. And the first time I submitted Don't Tell Meg, it was exclusive to Amazon. So what I've done with The Secret Bunker is I've taken it off wide listening. And, and although it's not in KDP Select yet, it can be with a click of a button. So it's not available anywhere else. And when I submit it to BookBub on Sunday, I'm only going to submit it as an Amazon offer. And also I've raised the price a little bit too ready for this so that the differential when I bring it down to free is greater. So what that means is that my book currently isn't available on Kobo and all the other channels. It's only available on Kindle, though it's not in KDP Select, as I say. So I got a message from a gentleman over the weekend saying, I can't find Regeneration, which is the secret bunker book three on Kobo. It seems simply not to be there. Can you help? I'd like to finish the trilogy. So um, what I did in that situation is I I put the third book on BookFunnel and I just sent him a secure link on BookFunnel so that he could download it to Kobo. And I just got um, you know a tremendously uh, uh, grateful and response to that. And I just thought that was quite an interesting scenario, quite an interesting scenario because one of the downsides, of course, when you take your book off wide distribution is people who are halfway through the series can't then get their next book. But I was pleased this gentleman reached out. And I just said to him, have regeneration on me. Uh, uh, you know, it's yours yours for free. Because it's that's the kind of reader you want. Somebody who's so keen to read the last book in the series that they reach out and find the author and say, where is it? I want to read it. Um, so that was a nice, just a nice little experience. I've not had that uh, before. Ho- hopefully he'll He'll leave a good review. But you've heard of this concept, and Kirsten mentions this in her podcast, is this concept of a thousand true fans. And my feeling with that is that I would rather grow a true fan who 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 reached out to the author and the author ended up sending him a free book. What I'm what I want is is fans for life, and it costs me nothing. Uh, to send somebody a free book if it creates uh, you know that kind of level of goodwill so it's just an, an interesting um, experience I think and book funnel is great for that because it took me five minutes to load the the file up to, to book funnel and then send him a secure link and all I did on book funnel is I restricted the number of downloads so I, I usually allow it allow for them to make a mess of it and I usually put something like three downloads on it so you couldn't share it um it pretty well just gives the user the download um but the other reason I like book funnel is this gentleman had had no trouble putting it on his Kobo device following the instructions that book funnel gives you so it really is a nice little tool to have in your armory there the um, other email exchange I got was from Michael Kingswood and I always love it when I, I somebody reaches out and says that they listen to the podcast and really enjoy it. And and we've never spoken before. I've never seen them on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. So for me, they might have been listening to me for ages, but for me, they come out of the blue as a listener. And I love that when I when I find a new listener that I didn't know was out there. It's it's lovely when they reach out and connect with you. So um, Michael had just responded to an item in the show. And when people reach out to me, um, I I did a little a bit of investigation. So his email address had his website on it. And because he's an author, I had a little dig around, had a look at what he was up to. And I just wanted to recommend Michael's online presence to you because Michael's doing some really interesting things in there. And I just 
would urge you to check out his site. So his author website is michaelkingswood.com. And I've put these links, by the way, on the resources page for this episode to save you hunting for them if you mishear what I'm saying. So go to michaelkingswood.com and have a little look around there. Now, Michael's got uh, two sites. He also has one called ssnstorytelling.com. And what struck me, there were two things that struck me about Michael's site that, that were particularly of interest to me, particularly with my kind of geeky head on. Number one is that Michael is taking cryptocurrency payments for his books. So he's taking payments in Bitcoin and Litecoin. Now, you know that I'm I'm very into crypto, uh, but the reason I was interested in that is that I, I think this is something that will become much more commonplace fairly soon. Um, Facebook are talking about introducing a cryptocurrency for payments within Facebook. When Facebook or somebody as large as Facebook does that, cryptocurrencies are going to become much, much more commonplace. And at that point, you're probably going to be more aware of people taking Bitcoin and, and Litecoin, which is another cryptocurrency. So um, that's very interesting to see. I just thought I'm one of these lone voices in the wilderness talking about cryptocurrency. But it was great to see Michael embracing uh, cryptocurrency. Now, by his own admission, and I'll tell you this, you're not getting a lot of sales from cryptocurrency at the moment. But what it's what it is, it's about putting yourself in in the in the slipstream of something that's about to happen. So it's about being ready for when that becomes a commonplace thing, which I I think it possibly will within in something like a five year to ten year period. Uh, we I think we'll all be doing it, but it, it won't happen immediately. And then the other thing that was interesting is that Michael was making lots of efforts to sell direct on his website and the crypto payments feed into this. And he was using another site. So he used a site that I've never heard of before. So it was educational for me called ghoul.io, G-O-U-R-L.io. That was the crypto payment site. And then another site for selling books online. I've never heard of this before. A-E-R-Air.io. And that, when I had a look at that site, uh, that is an Ingram site, and I've never heard of it before. So it's Aereo and Ingram brand, which allows you to sell and market your books online. So I, I just really, again, when I was looking at Michael's site, I, I always have a dig around when somebody reaches out to me just to see what people are up to. And I thought it was uh, uh, fab. So um, do check it out. Um, it, it, it's just I always think when you see examples of good practice or people trying new stuff, I think it's always worth sharing those. And 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 that's why I'd like you to check out Michael's site. Just see what he's up to. Because um, when I looked at his site, I thought this is not a typical author site. Michael's doing a couple of things here which are really interesting from a technical point of view. So if you start at michaelkingswood.com, and then if you go to the resources page, you'll see other links that I've put there that will help you to find what tools Michael is using to achieve some of those effects that he's got on the site. Uh, but Michael, thanks ever so much for giving me the information and sharing your thoughts on the podcast. Uh, but also um, when we had subsequent conversation, thanks for letting me share the details of your site. Uh, do check that out. It's well worth uh, a look, I would say. Okay, the last thing I just want to mention, I did say this was going to be a shorter one this week. Um, I can't even remember where it popped up. I know, I got I got an email from uh, KDP Select and they were mentioning Kindle Create on it. And I couldn't remember whether I'd ever used Kindle Create or not, but I, I clicked on the link and downloaded it. And I see that uh, Kindle are pushing this as a formatting tool. And I may have tried it years ago and dismissed it. And I just really wanted to throw this out there. Um, it looked quite similar to something like Vellum. Have you used Kindle Create, downloaded it? Uh, have you used it recently? And if you have, how'd you get on with it? Is it worth a look? So I really just wanted to put that question out there and see whether anybody's using it because uh, 
it might be a tool that I need to start uh, recommending to people who ask me what to use. A lot of people don't like or can't afford to start using Vellum. So I just wondered if it was a really good alternative to Vellum. But when I looked at the screenshots and things like that, about, I thought, oh, it looks all right. That It looks like they may have improved it. I must have tried it at some point. But um, you, you know what I'm like with my memory, my fading memory. I, I, I've forgotten whether I used it or not. Um, hence, I'm asking you this question. Have you used it? Do you use Kindle Create? And is it any good? I just wondered whether it was something that I ought to be recommending and mentioning on the podcast. So that is it. You can tell we're in a bank holiday mood here at uh, Self Publishing Journeys HQ. Just a short one this week. Uh, next week, I'll let you know whether I started writing. If I did start writing, I will be telling you next week that I've written 10,000 words. And if I don't start writing, I will be telling you that I didn't write 10,000 words. The other thing that I'll be telling you next week is, did I get a bookbub on the Secret Bunker bookbub submission number 14? Did I get it or didn't I? I'll let you know next Friday. So that update will drop into your podcast feed next Saturday. I hope you have a fabulous bank holiday if you're celebrating uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, the Easter weekend. In the meantime, have a fabulous week of writing or editing. Speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.